0: not like a
1: regular mom. I'm a cool mom. 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 Hey, cool moms. Welcome back. Oh my God, we're back. I'm back. I'm so happy to talk to y'all, reconnect with y'all. I have been very busy recording so that there are an abundance of Cool Moms episodes to put out so many really fun, interesting, smart mothers that I've had the opportunity to speak with over the years. And 2023 is no different. And for that, I am very, very grateful. Very grateful. Um, It should have been wild, (laughs) to, to say the least. I am back in Los Angeles. I had my stint in New York and through so much change and transition, uh, just realized how happy I am on the West Coast and the sun with the palm trees and the beach and the mountains. And most importantly, with my friends and my community that I've built here, like I realized those things are really irreplaceable. And as much as I have, have and had really, Loving community in New York, I was like, damn, it is really hard to make friends as a grown up. <laughs> like, I didn't realize how much my life would shift living in New York and being in this routine um, that I had never quite envisioned for my life, um, that was like really lovely and served so much purpose and so much good. But I mean, damn, I was feeling old, okay? I was feeling out of sorts and not quite like, myself. And so being back here it was really nice. You know, before I even talk about being back here, I will say I remember calling a friend and just crying, bawling. And I was like all I want is a friend that I can go over their house and take my bra off and sprawl out on their sofa. Like I had really great going out cocktail friends and event friends and some coworkers that were like decent, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I really missed, you know, friends friends who are like family. So the West Coast actually feels like home, and that is a really beautiful thing to carve out a home and a place of your own as an adult that is not tethered to anyone or anything other than what the universe has for you. So. Really excited to be back. Really grateful, but it has not been an easy transition to say the least. Um, This little stint of depression has been kicking my ass. Uh, So I've been pushing through that. And something else that I was kind of ill-equipped to deal with in coming back to Los Angeles and being back in the throes of, I don't know, everything, life, um, was school. Sergeant's schooling was really set in New York and set in a way where I was paying way too much fucking money, like probably double and triple most people's mortgage to like send him to a school so he could like play drums and finger paint and get access to outdoor space, Um, which is insane, but he loved it. And like, this is what we do as parents, especially as parents who live in any sort of like urban city environment, Right. So I'm like, all right, we got to get him back in school. Boom, let's get back to nature school where he was before. And in that, I love that environment and that setting. And I thought we would just slide right back into our old apartment and the old school and everything would be right where we left it. But I realized that Sergeant has really aged out of school. Um, nature school setting so much more. He has a late birthday, my little... Capricorn Prince. And so all his friends are in kindergarten. And so he was like the oldest kid in the class. And I don't often feel plagued with parental guilt. Um, I really try to just like release myself from that, especially as a single mother, because that shit can just be on your neck 24 seven if you let it. However, this whole school dance of lotteries and wait lists and I was just ill-equipped and not prepared so I get back to LA at the end of December I am trying to settle back in recalibrate and realize that like people have already been putting their kids on wait lists for kindergarten I thought we could do the transitional kindergarten thing it was too late for that apparently and so now I am stressed I'm like at the playground, you know, feeling really awkward, trying to chit chat with moms that I don't know and make friends and do playdates and all the things, not all the things, but some of the things that I like really kind of loathe about parenting. Um, It's probably my anxiety, but anyways. And all I'm hearing is about how all of these mothers have their kids on so many school wait lists. At that point I had done... None. So I'm scrambling to get home and set up a student ID and get them on these lists. And I have no idea how to navigate this very unuser, user unfriendly website, the LAUSD website. Anyways, I hope someone's listening from there and please like make this process easier for parents. If you know, you know. Um anyways, I'm saying all this to say I was losing my fucking mind, okay, and feeling terrible and I went to school in the suburbs in the South where you just go to your neighborhood school. And it was probably a pretty decent school. I went to public schools my entire life up until college. It was totally fine. That is not the case here. There's no way in hell I would send Sargent to a school any, with any vicinity of where we live. Apartment is lovely. Neighborhood is shaky, okay? So I'm just like, oh my gosh. And i you know, feeling like I have to navigate all of this alone. And I do the thing. I sign him up on all the lists. I'm asking people, I'm DMing moms and just like trying to keep my head above water in this like sea of school stuff. I end up meeting up with this OG mom, I'll say, who is just like a friend of a network of people that I know who has older children. And I'm like, I need help. Please like tell me that I'm, doing the right thing. And you know how sometimes you just really need someone to tell you everything is going to be okay. You know, we are all parents out here floating on an island, navigating unfamiliar territory. Every day something is new, especially with your first child. But I imagine with any child, because they're all their own individual people with individual needs and circumstances. And It was so affirming to just sit there, tell her how I'd signed him up. He's on the wait list. And then he's on the late list for all these schools. And they literally label these lists late, which makes you feel (laughs) just like the shittiest parent. I'm like, fuck, I'm late. (laughs) I am late. Um, And she just touched my hand and was like, you are doing great. You're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And y'all when I tell you I just broke down at that damn coffee shop on Sunset Drive in Silver Lake. I broke down because I needed someone who really understood my circumstance to tell me. It's one thing when your friends or your family who are completely disconnected from the world in which you live in, are like everything's going to be fine. But when someone who really gets it can tell you you're doing great, Everything is going to be okay. I could not I could not keep it cool. <laughs> I couldn't keep it cool. I couldn't keep it cute. I just stood up and I asked her if I could hug her. And I just uh, whimpered. It was such a relief um, to feel that type of support. And it makes me feel emotional now because when I'm really PMSing... <laughs> Really, I'm missing so bad. I wish my period would just come and take me out of my damn misery. But also because there's so much that we carry in trying to do our very best for ourselves and everyone else. And to me, that is the essence of, you know, what a cool mom is. It's a lot to show up for yourself every day and still try to do your very best for your children. That is such an effort. So if no one has told you today, or anytime soon that you're doing a great job, I want you to know that you are doing fantastic. You are doing the very best that you can with what you have, and everything will work out as it should in due time. Have grace with yourself. I love you guys so much. I am crying now, but my God, (laughs) when my son... Oh, by the way, I would just like to say, I found out this past Saturday that he is number four on my first choice. Number four on the wait list, but this is very promising. If you know, you know, for the number one choice school. And I am elated with that and I'm in gratitude. So again, whatever your number four on the wait list looks like, whatever wait list you are currently on at any point in your life for any particular thing, know that Everything is working out in your favor and push through because your purpose and your calling and everything you are doing is yes for you but it is also for someone else in the future even if that's for your future self. I love you all so much. Up next is Laura Styles. Oh. Hey, cool moms! This week on Cool Moms, we have Laura Styles, who is a radio personality on Hot ninety seven Morning Show Ebro in the morning and on in the afternoons with Portland's We Hip Hop PDX, along with being the co founder of the Women's Empowerment Festival and Vision. Laura Styles. Oh, I love it! Thank you. <laughs> you did your homework. <laughs> To my Google. <laughs> thank Welcome. You. Welcome to Cool Mom's Laura. How are you? I'm good. I, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really I actually am very honored. This is what you do for a living. <laughs> you're a New York legend. Um, I'm excited that you're here. So thank you. I know you were busy today. Uh, we have to kick things off with the inaugural question okay. that I ask everyone. Okay. <laughs> um, what is your sign? Or okay. if you're very into a Astrology. If you know your thing, okay. what's your big three, and what does that mean to you?
0: Okay, uh, I'm a Scorpio. Scorpio mm-hmm. to the bone. I don't want. I don't know what the big three thing means. Explain to me. <laughs> <laughs> big three. Yeah, big three is, is your sun sign, which is Scorpio. Oh yeah, I
1: don't know any of right? this. Your moon sign, which is like how you emotionally process. Okay, is your moon sign. Okay, and your rising sign is is very specific to the location and the time that Ooh. you were born, and that is. Some people say it's like the mask that you wear, but essentially it's like how you walk into a room. What is Mm. the energy that you present, especially in a new space? Okay.
0: Yeah. I need to look into this. Look into it. I
1: I am also a Scorpio. Oh, you
0: are. Mm. Okay. So I'll tell you this. I really feel, and tell me if I'm wrong, correct me. With other Scorpios, Mm -hmm. especially Scorpio women, I know if I like you just by looking at you, (laughs) just feeling your energy, I'll either like you right away or I'll be like, ugh. You know, I I'm not, it, and it doesn't happen a lot. It's happened a couple of times where I was like, mm, don't like this energy, mm-hmm. and I got to escape. But for the most part, with other Scorpios, I can, I can sense it, and I Absolutely. love, and I love Scorpios. I love
1: Scorpio women. Me too. Scorpio men,
0: Ugh, they you can know, go to
1: hell, but- good lovers, but
0: they can go to hell. <laughs> that's, that's all they got, from me. <laughs> and that's all. <laughs> no, I agree. I know
1: pretty quickly. Whether or not I'm going to, like, drive with someone or yeah. not. Um, the, you know, the only time, actually, ironically enough, the only time it's been... I've been surprised uh, has been in motherhood because motherhood mm. has humbled me in oh girl. So people that I, like, maybe had written off yeah. for whatever frivolous reason yeah. have, like, come back and really surprised me. I
0: like this. Right? In
1: terms yeah. of support. And I'm yeah. like, oh!
0: Huh. You're right about that, though, because I remember... <laughs> Everyone said, when you have a kid, when you get pregnant, you lose all your friends. (laughs) Facts. And I was very surprised which one of my friends really showed up for me and continue to show up for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's such an eye opener because every time I see that little meme going around or floating someone posting, I'm like, fuck, it's so true. Well, I'm sorry. Can I curse? Oh, you
1: can absolutely curse. Like, it's, so, it's so true. It's, it's so, so true. true. It's so, I lost. I mean, maybe she's listening. Hello. I lost my best friend from kindergarten and oh. motherhood. Yeah. I remember the first three. She came in town. I had gave birth to my son in New York. Thought I was going to do the home birth thing whatever. Yeah. Life. Um, We can get into that later. Uh, And she came in town. My son was two weeks past his due date. Mm -hmm. So she had to leave. Oh, God bless you. Jesus. And (laughs) probably the first three months, I was like, hello? Yeah. Where are you? And she's like, oh, I just wanted to give you some space. space." Oh, (laughs) because that's what I need. Especially as a single mother for me. I was like, I don't need no damn space. Space especially as a single mother i
0: need you to call oh my i just God. need a key, key, something a laugh that has nothing to do with a baby just or like, let me complain about this baby anything something
1: anything
0: <laughs> i'm in the bathroom crying something <laughs> you know <laughs> yes no i i i'm with you yes i'm in a, pr- a very particular place because i am a how can i say this like i'm popular Mm-hmm. Right. I'm popular. We know I'm not a celebrity. Yeah. But I'm popular. Okay. I'm very okay. locally popular. So I have a lot of tons of acquaintances girls mm-hmm. acquaintances galore. Right. Yes. And then I have my circle of girlfriends that I have the group chat. You know what I mean? And it really fucking hurt. Yeah. To see how many just did not even show up or not even see me when I was pregnant. Mind, Joe's pre- pregnant in the middle of pandemic, so it's different rules, yeah. and we can talk about that afterwards. Yeah. but certain things, you know. Were you one of the first of your friends to have a baby? Um. Okay. So one of my best friend, no, one of my best friends is a mother of two, but had her babies earlier. Okay. So like for uh, um, her first daughter is my goddaughter, who's now eighteen. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And then the rest of them, yes. Yeah. So t- in a weird way, yes. She she was a, a young mother, mm-hmm. and the rest, no kids. Okay. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it sucked. It sucks. It sucked. And, but you know, there's
1: some reciprocity now because I, I was one of the first of my friends to have a child. Yeah, and now Sergeant being five, now people are starting to have mm-hmm. babies, and I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: No, wait, I'll tell you this. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I skipped it. I have about one of my best girlfriends, Iran. Iran had Riley. She was the first one to have a son. Mm-hmm. And then she had Zuri, which is like not too far off for my daughters. Zuri's two now. But I remember, look, I remember getting off the air and, ta- and taking a cab all the way to the Bronx where she lived to bring her some juice press, some food yes. and some drinks. And I literally would be like, I would take the spoon away from her and the baby food and be like, you eat. Let me feed the baby. Yes. Just eat. Because I know she would tell me I would check up on her because I was always very. I was always very careful about um, her emotional state. Mm -hmm. So I was always like, no, 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 you're not alone. And I might not understand everything, but I'm here just to vent. You know what I mean? Literally. So I would try and like even when I could take her out, come, just come, come. You know I'll pay for your cat back Just yes. come Let's go to the museum Let's do something You know Just get out And it's so funny Because one time She was like She she told me She was like I'm so thankful for you And she was like crying And I was crying <laughs> Because I couldn't believe it And and in retrospect I can't even imagine You know what I mean Like I can't even imagine Because all our feelings Are individually we were different right. Obviously right But looking back And I'm like I just wish more Of our friend group Would have showed up For her
1: absolutely it there are people that i'm still like forever will be deeply eternally grateful for that showed up yeah yeah. i remember i was just telling my therapist this like two days ago she's like tell me about was a new therapist she's like tell me about your birth experience and i was like well after it was all said and done and sergeant's dad had to go back home i sat there and i was like why the fuck did i do this And then I watched Dallas Buyers Club. Mm. I don't know if you've seen this
0: movie. I have. Depressing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I just decided I'm going to sit in my pit of depression. And then I had a friend bring me like this really weird. Hi, Uli. This really weird casserole that ended up being delicious, like Mm. broccoli something casserole. Ate it for four days. So Mm. happy. Like, (laughs) yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. It was like one less thing to think about. Right. Like community is so... Deeply, deeply important. And really, I think that's why I started doing this without yeah. even being super conscious of it. I, you know, I was 29 when I had Sargent. I was living here in New York having my existential crisis about of course. how I'm going to have this baby. Yeah. You know, how am I going to hold on to yes. the parts of myself that I love that are very selfish? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I really was like, okay, let me start talking to women that I really admire, that I respect, that have been doing it, but also who really own their passions who are deep in their careers. Right. Didn't sacrifice seemingly from the outside. Yeah. You know, didn't sacrifice for, for work because that's not the experience that I come from. All right. the women in my family like had to put so many things to the side because of motherhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like a generational thing. It's survival. It's survival. It's survival. So I was like, I don't want to survive. I want to thrive. And I really want to show my child who I am, mm-hmm. and that like that is all I want for them. I want you to find your purpose. I want you mm. to be happy, and I want you to live in it. So that was my that's my elevator. But that is quite literally why I started Cool Moms. That's why this this podcast has saved me through the pandemic. Mm. It has saved me through difficult times. It has been like the bright spot in my day. So I'm always very happy and very grateful when people like you show up.
0: Oh yeah, thank and you. tell stories. Um, and I will say it's so it's needed. Yeah, It's very. These conversations are needed Because I remember being uh, <laughs> I remember when I was struggling Through my breastfeeding journey mm-hmm. I remember looking I was like God, somebody Somebody <laughs> Like, you know Trying to just figure out Who yeah. I can talk to And it's really interesting Because I would like DM with people that I Other moms that were pregnant At the same time as me Who I knew I'm cool with them I'll give you one yeah. I, uh, My friend Asa Akira Okay Asa Akira is a porn star. Okay, yes. Yes, she's Mm -hmm. a famous one. I'm surprised I don't know her. She has an award winning butthole.
1: (laughs) she's not her butthole, maybe I don't know
0: her. (laughs) not my category. So I did, um, so I had a podcast before uh, called Improper Etiquette with with my partner. With Leah, yeah. Yeah. So I know (laughs) Leah from years ago. She's just my homegirl from back in the day. We did it, we had great podcast mm-hmm. when she got on tv she was like uh maybe let's reel it in i'm scared i was like yes once you once you're under the microscope <laughs> you have to be careful with certain things you right, know right um so we took it all down everyone's like why the fuck did you take it down took it down but we've been talking about bringing it back
1: okay good so we're thinking Ooh, about let's it get into it
0: okay but okay so i mm. kira was one of our guests right and, and and that podcast was just us interviewing badass women yeah women who from all walks of life who uh are just incredible women that I admire from women that are unsung heroes behind the scenes at record labels okay. to my home girl who is like the only one out of like hundreds of Uh, At the time, like producers for Vice, uh, just the the unsung heroes. And then we had some celebrities. My girlfriend, Dasha Polanco, Azulia Banks came, a few people, the Claremont twins, like different Uh women that we just wanted to have uh, conversations with. Right. We even had a really great conversation, believe it or not, with this pro-life activist. I'm pro-choice. I'm pro-choice. Yeah. But our conversation was really awesome. You need that. Because her whole thing was um women need more support. Hmm. Her whole thing was about asking for pregnant women to have more support, more family support. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. so the only thing we disagreed on was just the actual choice. Exactly. other than that, we had so much in common. And so at the end, yeah, you're pro-life. I'm pro still pro-choice, but it was a really interesting conversation anyway. um so I invite we invite her to the podcast in Asas pregnant. And so wait, she came on with she came on our podcast with the pro choice person. As no, well. no, no, oh, okay, no, no, okay. no. Sorry, separate, separate, separate. episode. Okay, okay, okay. She comes on. Like, what up? She episode. she was a guest like twice, I think. Yeah, twice. First time she gave us her whole life story and how she became a porn star. And then at the end, I remember her mentioning something about like what are some of the downfalls? Like what is it? She's like, ah, people don't like me around their kids. Mm. And I was like, interesting. She was like, yeah, they feel like it's I don't know, you know. And I was like, wow, because she has sex. It. <laughs> <laughs> but it really i could tell it it hurt her when mm. she said it like i could see it and like i was like wow it kind of like slapped me in the face fast forward months later she comes back on the podcast pregnant and we talk about her getting pregnant how she's navigating through life as a porn star what's gonna happen at home you know what i right. mean but to me i i i just That's who I started DMing because I I was like, I know you're pregnant right now. I just found out I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. So me and her were just exchanging different craziness that was happening to our body. Things I didn't understand. You know, it's like everybody was like forcing their ideas on me. And like sometimes I was like, this ain't it, fam. Okay. This ain't it. But my my pregnancy story was... So I didn't want to have kids. Okay. And I was very passionate about advocating for women who didn't want to have kids okay because i always feel like any time that i would say i didn't want to have kids be like oh Mm -hmm. it's like oh what if something happened yeah what's wrong with you like what (laughs) so what do you want to do i was like i want to travel the world girl and i want to be fabulous and this and this you know absolutely and everybody would look at me like i was like a psychopath (laughs) and as more as i met older women who had taken that life you know that route and i was like she's and I was like, do you ever regret it? And they were like, no, I'm happy. You know, I it's on like, yeah. Answer. And she was like, yeah, you know, I just chose to leave my inheritance to my niece. And blah, blah. Everyone had a plan, right? Then I meet this amazing human being who I fall in love with. Yeah. And he really wants kids, plural. Mm. And I was like, oh, honey, we're not doing that, mm. you know? So as the relationship progressed, he was like, I really want a baby. I really feel like we can do this. So I was like, all right. I you know at this point in my in my life it's like my doctor was like well you got to choose you're going to have this baby the more you wait you're getting older now so i was like okay How- if you don't mind me It's yet. fine I you. got pregnant at 39 Okay So I was like 39 Alright well thirty-nine years of You know Doing my thing <laughs> You know doing my thing <laughs> I guess You know let's try it And girl I thought I was just gonna get pregnant Just because I decided I was gonna mm-hmm. get pregnant No one told me Hey it doesn't happen that fast it Took me a year and a half To get pregnant Wow No were no you, Were you so, like clocking So here it is No I got pregnant I, I started trying at 38 Okay Cause it took me about a year and a half To get pregnant So yeah and um, I did everything, all, every, all those clocking, you know, all the, the abs, the fucking, you know, ovulation kits. <laughs> and I was really on some like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I spent all my life trying not to get pregnant and now yeah. here I am. Yeah. And then right before I was going to start IVF, Okay. I was going to, my doctor wanted to do some kind of test, you know, where they check your fallopian tooth mm-hmm. if there's blockage. I was like She was like Just come when you're on your period Or something like that Or after your period The period never came Oh And I took a pregnancy test And I was like Oh my god I was like Oh my my god God. And then I remember being like Texting I took three (laughs) Texting my doctor I was like Look And she was like Girl I think you're pregnant and she's like come in she tells me come in can you come in tomorrow i'm like uh, at 9 i'm like i'm on the air she's like you know th- there's this corona thing that's going around and they might get a little crazy right. so i really think you should just come if you and i was like all right so i told my job like i'm leaving early so usually she's like i'll have results in like uh, it was a friday by like by like tuesday I had to wait like two and a half weeks No, because the labs were so backed up. Oh, I'm stressed. So I'm like, what the fuck? Am I pregnant you or not? you just not, like or?
1: imagining symptoms in those two weeks? Like, where were you at? Mentally?
0: I was just more like, okay, no more cocktails. Right. I can't. Can I smoke my joint? No, I can't. I don't know what to do. You know, I'm like, but I've been smoking and right. I've been having some tequila. Like, did I fuck right. this up? You know what I mean? Right. You're like, ah. So, um, and then not being able to say anything is is hard too. So fast forward, she's like, you are absolutely pregnant. And that's it And now I'm pregnant But I didn't say anything to anybody I only told What was told, your first thought? I can't believe I'm pregnant <laughs> <laughs> Like Oh my god Like there's no going back Like I'm building a yeah. human inside of me First three months sucked were horrible. I was so nauseous, throwing my guts up. I lost like 10 pounds and mm-hmm. I was like I was also really scared because uh, women close to me have lost kids early, you okay. know have lost children, period, you know I, so that was in the back of my mind and I, you know, and they were like high risk, you know they are like, you're a high risk pregnancy mm-hmm. So, and and a pandemic <laughs> on and top man, of that a gash in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you know so our uh, first three months, sick as a dog throwing up all the time and then Three to six, I was popping. I just happened to have a belly. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I was yes. like running around, you know, being as careful as I can with the mask. And, you know, I remember we, <laughs> Ricardo would get a revel and like kind of take me around <laughs> just to get fresh air. I, and he said one day he was like, honey, I can feel your belly on my back. I don't think this is safe anymore. <laughs> <Damn> right. <laughs> I'm like, come on, can we just do like a couple more? Yeah. That was yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then six to... 37 weeks girl, It was hell. Over. It was so bad. Over it. I got gestational diabetes. Damn. I have such... I have a respect for anyone who, who deals with diabetes. I couldn't... I was pricking my finger. Everything I put in my mouth. It was so bad. And then I was like... um I just remember having to, like, the doctors were monitoring me like crazy. And then I started getting nervous, you mm-hmm. know, because now you're in love. Right. You, now you're right. in love. Because the right. first couple of months, I, I, you know, for, for my personal survival, I was trying not to be too attached, you know? I was trying to be like, let's, it is what it is. Let's see, you know? And I'm on, by, by the way, I haven't stopped working. I'm working the whole time. Does anyone know at this point? No, I, I start <laughs> at four months, I told Ebro, and I told Peter, uh, Peter Rosenberg, mm-hmm. and I said, I'm pregnant. And oh, they were so happy, so happy. So sweet. But I said, don't say anything yet because I just want to make sure I'm safe. And he mm-hmm. was like, absolutely. Never. Mind. And um, so I, t- I, at seven months, when I couldn't hide it anymore. Cool. Seven months. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> by the way, I'm like, I'm like falling asleep sometimes on the air. Like, because I'm up at 4.30 in the morning. Right. So imagine being that pregnant and exhausted. So sometimes I would just be like taking extra long bathroom breaks Mm -hmm. and throwing up in between breaks. Absolutely. So it was hard as fuck keeping my shit together. (laughs) But my team was wonderful. I will tell you this. Like, in my business, it's very easy to get replaced. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I'm very thankful every time my contract comes up and they tell me we love you we want to keep you for another three years yes God come on three years because and that's how I live <laughs> three years <laughs> every three years you know because you know they might want somebody younger mm-hmm. they want somebody I don't, whatever especially as a woman you know and especially as a woman mm-hmm. but my team has has always been so incredible at uplifting me and fighting for equal pay for me. When they didn't have to, because yes. I've been around so many shows and I've done so many things that nobody has done what they've done for me. Hey, well, if we're if I'm getting paid X, Y, Z, but they want you, okay, I'll do it with her and she can keep the check. Damn. You know what I mean? Things I like that, that, that nobody has ever done for me. So I will say like morning shows are hard. Shows are hard. It's a very emotional. Uh, it's an emotional roller coaster. It's a a flow. Uh, it's like we work like a newsroom. Hmm. I also produce my show. I'm part, I'm one of the producers of my show. So uh, I I it's not like I just crack the mic and right. it So is what it does that, is. that mean? Tell people what that what that means. <sighs> okay, so so what I do is I have a, an incredible executive producer. His name is Jason Griffin, which I love, and he's expecting to. His Amazing. wife is expecting. Um, but before he came. I basically had to do all the research for the show. So what he does is like at nighttime, he'll send me a list of topics, all anything that's trending, politics, entertainment, breaking news, right? So I go through that through everything and I pick and choose what's relevant to our audience mm-hmm. what I feel that our team is going to be passionate about and then on top of that I do my own research then I have like friends that are publicists and that constantly send me stuff my phone is non-stop ringing with information so I compile that together to present for them and then uh, separately I have an entertainment report that I hit Okay. and then I also have to like cross-reference certain things if it's a, you know true or not mm-hmm. you know I have to be careful with how I present things right so and then um, so and then and booking, I have to deal with uh, record labels. I have to deal with publicists. I have to so deal, you deal with, with artists the as well. Yeah, I okay. do it too. Me and me and, and Jason tag team though. Okay, just because I have different relationships that he does. Sure, some people won't bu- try to bullshit me. Oh, you right. know what I mean. And right. and he also has his relationships, right. like you know that he has that that are that I welcome. So we work really well together. Mm. Like he's 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 amazing, but it's a lot. And then I deal with our sales department for sponsorships and how are we going to distribute things. Yes. And, you know, I have to make sure that all the audio is correct. And I have to tell my other producer, Juanito, hey, we need this, 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 and this. I need it from, you know, it, it's a lot. It's tedious. A lot of a tedious lot. work. Yeah. yeah it's but- not just... Uh- no. no. No, no, uh, <laughs> no. No. It's not the part that we all enjoy and we watch. Right. No. And to be Listen. honest with you, there's many times where I have to step away from the mic to make sure that behind the scenes whatever we need for the next segment is working cuz sometimes people are like, "I didn't hear you at this." And I was like, "I had to step away. I had to do mm. this." So, but but I love it. I've always loved it. I'm a producer first before I got on the air. Okay. So, when I came in the game, I I always wanted to be on the radio. Like my mom has white cassette tapes of me like interviewing my sister. Because you started in LA. So technically, no Okay Born and raised in Los Angeles Mid-City Yes Always wanted to be in hip-hop Couldn't rap I couldn't DJ I couldn't do anything (laughs) What could I do? Right (laughs) So I wanted to be and, And I remember seeing like You know magazines because the internet wasn't popping like that Right. magazines and like people talking about really magazines you know I would see Angie Martinez I'd be like oh my god look she's a Latina she's Puerto Rican yes. and she's like doing it this is so dope like I want to be like her and there was a woman named Nautica de La Cruz who was on the air at Power 106 in Los Angeles Okay. and then there's like Sway mm-hmm. and Tech and Carmelita and I was like Carmelita is so fire so I would be like the wake-up show. So I was just in love with radio and what it brought. And um, and I just wanted to be a part of the culture. Yeah. I would lie and go to clubs and my boys were DJ, So they would let me get on the mic to do shout-outs just because I was had this like raspy voice at a young age, you know? <laughs> right, right. So I was just like trying to get in where I fit in. That's it. And then I had a really tumultuous relationship with my family and my father, not good. So at mm. 18, <laughs> I moved to New York not knowing anybody. I just had a friend of a friend. Why New York? Because it's the number one market for a radio. That's if it. I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm girl. I'm going to do it. Yes. And because of my friendships, like it literally was my boy Sway who did Kung Fu with my boy Quasi, who happened to be a producer for Clear Channel who came to New York to open up this new station called Power One at the time. How I got a small job answering phones. Yes. <laughs> it really is wow. like, it's like the universe just kind of like, Helping also, me You being in alignment And you listening And you being Yes Always a student Always Always a student Till this day Yeah So um, And at the time I was going to BMCC For communications And I have I was working Three full time jobs mm. You know Like mm-hmm. I was working retail And then doing clubs At night time Doing the door Whatever I, However I could make a buck Honey yeah. I was I was doing it Where were you living? I lived in the Bronx yeah. I was living in Castle Hill At the time okay. Because a good friend A friend of a friend um. Let me stay on our couch till I found an apartment And it was just that We love you know? that friend Yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah, Shirley she, Rest in peace to Shirley But she was like my angel At that time And then I, I Honestly I just lived off My financial aid Yeah <laughs> I had moments Where I was just crying Because I'm by myself No family What am I doing? Mm. I'm not even 21 years old You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I couldn't I, You know It was hard for me To get apartments Because right. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't old enough. <laughs> but I hustled. I hustled. I went from answering phones to learning under a uh, Like Moni Love took me in. Wow. And while she was on the air, I was answering her phones. She would teach me how to run the soundboards. So, well, I I would I would hold her baby while she does breaks. Okay. She would be breastfeeding while cutting commercials. So I learned from incredible women. Incredible women that, that I would is be historic. like historic. Like this is Amazing. Then Steph Leva also took me in and um, and she's also a, a force and I just learned from everyone. Mm-hmm. And during that time, Power One O Five One was a um, a throwback station. Okay. So I get to work with Marley Mall, Red Alert, mm-hmm. Tony Touch and yes. everybody was just great, you know? And I moved up, I became a, a morning show producer for I don't know if you remember Star and Buck yes. Oh my god, oh, yes. yes. They were crazy as fuck. Yes. <laughs> So I worked with them. I survived that. They got fired for for, for for being scandalous, mm-hmm. but I didn't get fired because I was just doing my job. I right. wasn't part of their. I was technically just like running, like I was the engine on the, the engineering side. Okay. And then I got my big break. I, I submitted my uh, my tapes, you know, my demo tapes. Yeah. And then I got a job at, working for Univision. They had a brand new reggaeton station called La Calle. And because I was bilingual, I was like, fuck it. I don't know shit about like because I'm not Puerto Rican. But I'm on. But I can do it. I can do I can radio. Do it. Can That's how I out. got on. At 20, I was 25 when I got my first break. Wow. And I haven't stopped since, girl. I had a lot of ups and downs. A lot of crazy shit happened to me. Mm. But I was so invested in my career. Like I said, everything was about my career. Everything was about my career. Until I, you know, fast forward to 39 years old, I've done so many beautiful things. I've interviewed incredible people. I've traveled the world. You know what I mean? My career has allowed me to do so many beautiful things. Like, if, you, if I could have told a 15-year-old me that it was going to be possible, I probably would have bawled. You right. know, like bawled, like just really, literally like cried, at, you know, with tears flowing. Um, but, and then there's motherhood. Right, that stares you in the face because it's like, am I going to be a mother or am I going to be single and fabulous in my brain? Right? Was it because you were so always so career focused that you thought, okay, I can't mm-hmm. do both? Yes, because I have to make a choice. Because I've seen women in uh, in when I first started, I saw women lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. I saw women not be supported. Yeah, I saw women get fired. I saw women that were so able, that were so talented, get let go for whether it be ageism, sexism. I just saw women all the time get the short end of the stick. Right. And so I was always making sure that I just didn't make any mistakes, stayed humble. And just motherhood to me, because growing up, I grew up around a lot, a lot of teenage pregnancies. And I grew up in the hood. A lot of drugs and gangs and everything. It was just one, part of the checklist of not right. to fall into. And what I'm not going to do is. That's it, you yeah. know. And it was just survival for me, you know. I'm not saying there's anything wrong when you can have your baby whenever you want. This is just my story, right. you know. And um, and it's crazy because now I look at one of my best girlfriends who had a baby really young. I'm like, damn, maybe having a baby young is okay because now Listen, they're grown free, and you're free you're and you're, you're fabulous. Free. You don't know any better. <laughs> You know, hopefully, there's probably people there to help you out. You know, you at your mama house. You pop that baby out quick and snap back like nothing. <laughs> so, but anyway, yes. So, yeah, that was it. Was just me trying to survive and 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 trying to like like I work so hard and sacrifice so much for my career, just trying to hold on to it. So little did I know that I was going to be blessed with an incredible. Support group when it came to work, mm-hmm. incredible, incredible. I could cry right now because I'm so thankful because I, I know so many women who don't. One day we opened up the phone lines, and what I love about my show is like if I come, this is what I want to talk about. But like, let's do it. Anybody could just bring anything to the table, and we support each other. I love that. And I said, you know, it's really fucked up how mothers are not supported. They're not supported. They literally have to go back to work after giving birth. They're, and some of the men, obviously, they don't know. I'm like, do you know that some women don't get three months off? Some women don't get two months off. Some women don't get one month off. None. No, I don't believe you. What? I thought it's, like, it's supposed to be the law. What law? What <laughs> are you talking about? So we start having this discussion. We open up the phone lines. I literally had women call that said I gave birth and I had to go to work the next day. Oh, my God. God. Because I had to I, I if I don't work, I can't pay my rent. Right. Who's gonna do it? I had women call in two days and I had to go back in a week. I you know, I had to do this, and it, it was really it, it was such an eye-opening conversation that all the men in the room I'm were chills. in shock. And, and and they were like, We didn't know, of course, because nobody asks, nobody, nobody cares. talks about and nobody cares. Because women aren't valued. We give you life. And it, and one thing that I will say that um, I had a C section, and I'll tell you about my birth story, girl, because that shit traumatized the fuck out of me. Same. I had so a, let's exchange. I had a, I had a C section. <laughs> hmm And my doctor kept telling me, oh, I, I was so blessed. I had an incredible uh, group of women, that, uh, and and uh, everyone. I, I, I gave birth. I had the privilege. Because I know not everybody can do it and yeah. I, you know and I, and I know it's expensive but I was able to give birth at New York uh, Presbyterian Lauren Manhattan yes. I had an incredible doctor her name is Dr Peña mexicana who was just like very strict with me but very honest and, and really I really felt seen with her yes and she listened to me and never dismissed me took time to break down every single thing and every question that I had mm. The woman who gave me my C-section, Doctor Fong, I had met her because you know they have uh, they have a group of doctors just right. in case. A, uh, an, an incredible Chinese woman mm-hmm. who was so gentle, and when I mean gentle, caring, and and it just really made me feel like everything was going to be okay. Yeah. And the reason I I, I am emphasizing and describing these key points is because my some of my girlfriends didn't have this. I remember yelling at on the phone, "Leave you." They work for you. You deserve better care.
1: (laughs) Listen, I threatened to leave after my C-section and they told me, well, if you leave, we'll have to keep the baby.
0: What? Oh my God. So Oh my God. So whatchamacallit? So it was, it was it was it was I had an incredible group of women who really, really like cared for me. Mm. So I I went in (laughs) I went in at 37 weeks for a regular checkup. My blood pressure was through the roof. Mm. I felt fine though. Mm. So, and 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 the nurse was like, <gasps> and I was like, what was that? What happened? And she was right, like, wait, wait. wait. She said, You know what? Go, why don't you go have go use the restroom? Here's some water. I think, did you did you were you in a hurry to get to the appointment? Did you like run over here? I'm like, No. So she's like, Okay, how about you just take a breathe just breathe and you know? And then she took my blood pressure again. And she was like, No, she's calling like my doctor uh, who happens to be at labor and delivery, right? In mm. the department at the hospital. That was her day. She was like, hey, Dr. Peya wants to monitor you. So I was like, all right. I'm like, girl, is it going down? Just tell me right. the truth. Right. Just give it to me so I can prepare. And she was like, 50-50 chance. So I call Ricardo and I was mm-hmm. like, hey, 50-50 chance is going down. He's like, but I didn't make the bag. <laughs> Oh. I tried to make the bag up, I was oh. like, go get my underwear, go get this, you know? <laughs> get my Yo, this motherfucker, I had put away some <laughs> snacks, these are our snacks. Yeah. Do you know that when he came to the waiting room, he ate everything Sir. in less than 20 minutes. Stress. <laughs> Stress eating. You know what to do. <laughs> He's like, I hate them all. But I got there, but what was trippy about my birth experience, so I, I get there and I was like, I'm just getting monitored, right? My feet start swelling up, Mm. but like crazy, like something I've never seen before. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Oh God. Then my vision goes out. it's blurry. So I was like, why can't I see straight? And then all these nurses are like, do you feel the contractions? I was like, I don't feel anything. Ma'am, I I can't see. And I can't see, right? Everything's blurry. Why? Preeclampsia. Preeclampsia, girl. I got hit with the preeclampsia. And then so everyone's like, you know, hustling bustling around me and I was like, what's happening? And I was like, I don't I don't like all of this is happening to me but I didn't have any pain. And then I was worried like, why the fuck I can't feel these contractions? Right. So I'm like right. I just kept saying how's the baby? How's the baby? She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. I said, "Okay, okay." So um day one <laughs> they tried everything. I would not fucking dilate. Girl, I would mm. not dilate. They gave me They tried everything They did the pitocin. balloon they, The pitocin was hell Pitocin was hell I yeah. literally was like, like 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 shaking Yes Yes They gave me magnesium So I wouldn't have a seizure They gave me they, My was so swollen They had to bring like specialists To find my veins Because they couldn't do it
1: Oh my god
0: I, And I remember telling one girl Like just don't Please no And she was like I have to I'm so sorry You know And um, after a couple, I think, I don't know, after day three of they tried doing the balloon and I told them I want. was
1: terrified of the balloon.
0: At this point, I just didn't give up because I said, just go. I was like, I said, please, please just know I want the drugs. I want I want the epidural. I have nothing to prove to nobody. (laughs) Don't push me (laughs) to the point where I can't have it anymore. Right. I was just telling them that. Right. (laughs) Make sure (laughs) we are still in the window. That was the only, only request and mind you, I had an incredible doula and my girlfriend, Jamie, Jamie Jones fit follow her on IG because she is heaven sent. Um, she couldn't be with me because of COVID. Mm. So she really prepped me on, on what was going on with my body. Me and Ricardo sat with her and, you know, everything through Zoom. And she was just really uh, like uh, an amazing, an amazing understanding person because I felt like everyone was either too granola for me. Mm-hmm. Like when I was right, like, right. I'm definitely getting at the epidural. Like, do you want, you want drugs? <laughs> drugs?
1: <laughs> said
0: what I said. You know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, yes, I want the drugs. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Don't slap me with some cilantro. You know what I mean? Don't boil, the, you know, whatever you're going to do, that's not going to do shit for me. I want the drugs, you know? <laughs> and then, <laughs> which gonna call it. And then I had, and then I had some that were just like a little bit too, I just felt too, I don't know, too like, Overbearing mm. And she was mm-hmm. just right for me You know yeah. uh, Jamie was incredible And uh, she wasn't pushy or anything And I really appreciated that <laughs> Fast forward <laughs> So we're there for four It's been four days, girl <laughs> Four days mm. And then finally um, They were just like Hey, you've been under Under too many drugs for too long You not, haven't even dilated Like one centimeter not a <laughs> centimeter Nothing My body just clocked and then I went through you know how the doctors go through cycle they, after they do the 24 yep. hours the next oh, one yeah. the next one mm-hmm. so right now I'm, it's like doctor four and doctor fong I remember was like you have to have a c-section I said let's go now by this, at this point girl I was like, I'm over go. I'm exhausted so then I get the c-section insane it's insane I also had a c-section it's insane people dismiss c-sections like it's nothing your whole
1: abdomen is cut open
0: they have to rearrange those organs, girl. Yes. Move some out the way so the baby can come out. Yes. And people are just chatting. Oh. <laughs> and you're halfway away. Right. And... I, I just remember like I didn't feel pain but I heard them moving things in there. Mm. I tell the recorder please just talk to me distract me distract me so I don't have a panic attack you know. Right. And he's like don't worry. <laughs> he's like when well, we get out of I'm going to buy you a big pink berry frozen yogurt because that's please. all that's all I wanted yeah. because I was like di- I was dealing with a diabetes right. so I couldn't have it. <laughs> it's going to be great. We're good. We did it. You did it. And then you know the baby came and it was just surreal. Surreal. Mm. The dream was surreal. Yeah. I was just happy that she she was healthy, and you know, right? Okay, and um, afterwards, I wouldn't stop bleeding. My body wouldn't contract, so that we're gonna have to give you a blood transfusion. Oh no! They put me back on the pitocin, girl. More pitocin. It was horrifying. It was horrifying, and then luckily, then I eventually stopped bleeding, and they kept me there. I wanted to get. I had bought a little cooler so I can get my placenta. You know what I mean? Yeah, get it dried up and encapsulated, whatever. Absolutely. I was like, if this will help me get back to normal, let's do it. And they were like, oh no, that placenta is toxic. You've been (laughs) under so much, you know. You and went, no one told me that. Yeah, there's like it's basically like poison. <laughs>
1: this is good to know. I accidentally left my placenta uh in a freezer with a sublet.
0: Oh <laughs> god. <laughs> Somebody must have thought you were like a serial he killer. Was
1: so over me. Oh. Scathing text message. Oh my God. Harris and I am so sorry. Scathing like is this your placenta? Oh, oh my god. You know, everything happens <laughs> as it should because I didn't even, I like didn't even go back to that apartment or whatever happened. Right. The placenta was gone. I never got the placenta back. God knows where it is. It's in the New York City dump. It's
0: somewhere but like, there. I
1: did not need to ingest it because I too was in labor for three days and had all the drugs and all the
0: yeah, things. Yeah. So then I just would have been sick. Yeah. So they were just like, no, you've just had too much. I was in the hospital for like a total of six days. <sighs> and then, you know, and then nobody tells you like. Like I read about it, girl. I know I read about it, but postpartum depression hit me bad. Yeah. Like it hit me bad.
1: When did you know that you were dealing with postpartum?
0: So I remember, you know, I was like in just survival mode. I wasn't eating anything. I was just like the baby, the baby, the baby. got to keep this baby alive. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Me and Ricardo was just like not sleeping. Like Number every, one job. You know what I mean? We were just until I was like, we. Ha- yeah, I remember him telling me, babe, we have to figure this out. You stay awake to do this. I'm gonna sleep, and then we'll trade. Right. I'll take over. You say like, because us just being awake all the time, we're dying. And mind you, yeah. pandemic, so nobody was coming it's to our just house. A bizarre time, and, and nobody was coming over to our house. And by the way, up until I was in labor, um, they told me if Ricardo could be with me. Because more before, like two days before, no women were giving birth by themselves with VFA uh, FaceTime or you know what I mean. can you so I imagine. Was, so I was terrified not to have my person in there. just right. anyone, you know. Right. And um, so I remember after a month, I had I lost I lost a bunch of weight, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's the breastfeeding or whatever." I'm like, "Actually, no, I'm not fucking eating. <laughs> I am starving and I am stressed. Yeah, and and um, I wasn't producing enough milk." So I'm just like, I, you know, I was like, what am I doing? That's not wrong. Fuck, I shouldn't have done all that that ecstasy when I was 20. You know, you start thinking about all this <laughs> all shit. This shit. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> you start thinking about all this shit, you know? And I'm like... Um, but I remember it was... Um, Kenzo was um two months. And I started just feeling... And I was like, is it because I'm getting cabin fever because I've been stuck in my apartment? Yeah. Because, like, we haven't been able to get out, you right. know? Right. What is it? And... I just remember... And I remember reading about women going into the bathroom just crying in the shower, letting Mm -hmm. it out. You know, my my, my girlfriends were like, Laura, your body built all these hormones for so long and now they're just like plucked out of you and they're like washing out, you know? So my good friends were checking up on me, but I just got dark. I got dark and I remember one time I was like... And this is in... I will say it because I know so many people have gone through similar situations and they're just embarrassed, but fuck it, you know? I remember... I um I grew up with a very abusive father hmm. who would beat my ass and my mom. So I'm not a physical person. Yeah. Don't get it wrong. I'll beat a bitch's ass if I have to. And I in the past, not anymore. Right. Not anymore. Scorpio, not anymore. Yes. Yeah. Not anymore, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> right. But um but not never with a partner. Yeah. You know? Never. And I was so angry because he had left some clothes somewhere. I don't know, it was something so stupid where I just like was yelling at him. Hmm. And he's like looking at me like, what? And then I I picked up a cup of water and I I wanted to throw it at him, but I was like, I can't, there's water in here. (laughs) And he's holding a baby. Right. So I went up to him as I'm arguing with him and I smack him in the arm really hard. No. But hard. Yeah. And he's holding the baby. He's looking at me like, what? You are out of your mind. By the way, my baby's cracking up cuz she thinks it's funny. She thinks I'm she's playing. Like, is hilarious. Yes. Hilarious. And he's laughing. Like, she's lost it. So he looks at me and he just walks away and goes and stares at the window. Mm. Out the window. And I had a moment of re- of of real life just punching me in the stomach like who yeah. are you who have you become? I went and I locked myself in the bathroom and I cried for like an hour. So my nose bled. Mm. I came out and he was like, oh, my God, because there's blood all over my face. And I remember telling him, I was like, I have to I have to go. I told him I have to go. He's like, what do you mean? I think I'm just going to go see my mom, go stay with my mom in L.A. for a couple months. couple months? And then he was like, months? He's like, I was like, I got to go. And he's like, what about the baby? I was like, I don't care. You can keep her. I can take her. I don't care. And he's like, no. He's like, Laura, Laura, Laura. And him, he looked at me and he started crying and he mm. was like, I know it's a lot. He's like, but we need to figure this out. Yeah. And I just, you know, I had a moment of like, okay, he's here with me for me. And I have my right. beautiful baby that I love. Right. Why do I feel so dark? And I would just have days where I just didn't want to wake up. Days I didn't want to eat I didn't want to do anything and I was just swallowed in my misery mm-hmm. Nobody can make me feel better and I would call my friends like why do I feel this way and she's like it's okay it's postpartum it's postpartum and it's very real you know I had my girlfriend Inez who would just walk me through it walk me through it I I, I started seeing my therapist and I just felt like she even wasn't understanding me and I was right. like do I need to take drugs? Right? Like, what do I need to do to get out of this? Get me out the hole, because I was like, I was dark. I was dark. I did not want to I didn't want to be around. I just mm-hmm. didn't want to be. And I understand why a lot of people do certain things because I really was in a bad place. And I remember, like, I was like, <laughs> and I have, was having a hard time breastfeeding, And I remember this I was listening to Angie Martinez audiobook. I had read her book, but I was just like, fuck it, I need something good to listen to while I'm pumping, right? And she has a chapter where she talks about going through postpartum Mm. and how she felt isolated. And I'm reading it. I'm I'm listening to it, crying my eyes out because I felt like it was just a divine moment of somebody else just talking to me. Yes, And I text her. Being seen. I text her and I told her, I was like, I'm going through it. I'm listening to your book and I'm crying because I'm going through it. And she was like, I promise you, it's going to get better. I promise you, be gentle with yourself and know it's okay. A lot of women go through, and she just gave me beautiful words. Mm. But I just had to be like, I why 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 is this happening to me? Why why don't people talk about this more? Like I understand why w- women do crazy things because you can't control the way you feel. Yeah, and um, and then I, I started seeing my therapist, and I changed my therapist because I really felt like I needed somebody else that I could relate to better. And um and I worked through it and eventually it does get better.
1: What were the so it was therapy, what were the other
0: tools that really helped? Being you? honest mm-hmm. about what I was going through, what I was feeling. Being extremely honest because I had um so my partner Ricardo is Dominican and his mom had raised five boys, single mother in the Bronx, five boys yeah. that all came out incredible. They're all incredible men. And she checked up on me and I told her, I was like, oh, I'm just going through it emotionally. And she's like, no, 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 no time for that. You have to be strong like a bull. Mm. You have a kid, kids to raise. Damn. And at that moment, I was like, "That was that's her survival. Absolutely. She had no one. She was like, I have to disassociate. I and can't. she had no choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? She couldn't. She was like, I know. She's like, she like, I've been through it, but there's no time for that and i just really felt for her mm. and instead of me being angry like you're dismissing my feelings i really felt for her yeah. because i know that she didn't have a choice you know what i mean and I, I remember my mom telling me the same thing she was like i know and i was like but why don't why why don't you talk why didn't you talk about it why don't people talk about it you know why don't people talk about how traumatic birth is Duh. like if you tell somebody i got into a car accident i had to have stomach surgery People are like, oh, oh my God. God. Oh, are you, you okay? What do you need? You're gonna need like four or five months <laughs> to recover. Exactly. You tell someone you had a C-section, they're like, oh, oh, you had a baby cute. Next. Literally. They, we get sliced open and have to walk and take this kid to the pediatrician the next day. <laughs> the next day. The next day. <laughs> We're having to make this
1: I remember they came in after my C section and they're hitting me with the shots at two a.m. and all the things. They're like, "Do you want birth control? Do you want to get him circumcised? Do you want?" Th-? I'm like, "I don't know anything right now. Yes, I can't even comprehend what's going on." And then you want me to walk and prove that I can walk this much to get out the hospital. And can I pee? And can I have normal bodily functions after this major surgery?
0: Right. And then they just then you go home. Then they give you a baby, play a video, keep them keep this baby alive. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. You know? <laughs> it's so wild to me how it's like. And I know that yes, women are having baby for thousands of years. I know, I know. We know. We know.
1: But circumstances are different. Because that's that's the that's the truth and the lie that I told myself. And how I justified not taking any birthing classes. I was like, People have babies all the time. People have been having babies since yeah. the beginning. Of t- I can do this, I don't need
0: help, right?
1: And then <laughs> three days of labor, oh. all the drugs, the c section, the and you're like, oh, this is different,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So, what at what point within after, after or during postpartum were you able to then like return to work, or could you even fathom returning to so
0: work? So, I being the workaholic that I am, even when I <laughs> It's funny because Kenza will see this on YouTube. I There's a there's a, the whole video of me like saying, ta-da, I'm pregnant. Oh, uh, I making, watched it. Making you did? So cute. Yes, they were so sweet. Oh my God. Like it was so beautiful to see my coworkers shed tears. Like, And then to have like the people of New York City call up and congratulate and be so happy for me. I literally cried. I That's cried even, even after off the air. I cried because I was so happy. I had people stop me in the streets. Like I told my wife that you were pregnant. As soon as I heard it Like Just such joy And like Wonderful energy You know From the people That I speak to Every single day Yeah You know And then I, I, I go away On maternity leave And You know in, in in radio Usually they bring A guest co-host Yes My team refused To do that They're like We're just gonna Make fun of you And talk shit About you every day I love that Until I came back And I was like Wow You know Cause I was cool with it I was like Yeah I bring one of The younger girls up mm-hmm. Let them have a shot And they were like no 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 we good and um so even like I hopped on the air because I had like a studio set up at home and I even was like here's my baby you know like to present like so I kept coming in you know I there was like I kept being like on the air to come in and check in and show my baby and like so I, I wasn't like I, I think I got hopped on the air, did like three shows in between my break and um I couldn't wait to come back I couldn't wait. Was it a lifeline? Yes, I needed it. I needed it. Yeah. I needed it. Yeah. I truly feel like going back to work for me. Uh, and, and and again, I'm very privileged to be able to do what I love for a living. Yes. So I just, you know, God bless everyone who, who doesn't have the luxuries that I do. So I just don't ever want to sound like I'm boasting, you know? No. It's, it's just my truth. truth. Yeah. It's just my truth. But... Um, I just feel like there's also so many women who have horrible stories that break my heart, but I feel like it's important for me to just like give props and uplift the incredible people around me who really, truly cared for me in more ways than one. Absolutely. And um, I went back on the air and it really made me feel like, God, like I'm back. Like I felt sense of normalcy. You know what I mean? I felt normal again. And my my life wasn't surrounded with like oh where's the pacifier where's <laughs> my this? nipples my- are cracked you know but- yes you know like why yeah. the fuck is my breast milk pink nobody breast. told me about this shit. there's blood in it doesn't it mean I have to toss it out I work really hard for this I don't have that much <laughs> right. what am I gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> work really hard for these two ounces right. you know what I mean like right. please you know
1: Somebody just put me on a mic because
0: god <laughs> so <laughs> so it was you know it, it was really it was really life-changing and I never thought motherhood was gonna be this nuts <laughs> it's insane <laughs> and I look at my mother and I'm like mom like you had my mom lost a child. Mm. She lost my brother. And then it's the three girls. And I was like, after I was like, how did you do it? And how? she said, with love. <laughs> I said, okay, girl, <laughs> you know. Thanks, mom. But she said that she's like, there's some things I just, you know, she was like, that just never changed. I said, like, what? Because I said, I, oh, I asked her, I was like, when am I going to stop being worried? I'm always mm. worried about the baby. She's like, I still worry about you. Right, oh, that should punch me in
1: the face. In the face. That was very similarly. I remember Sergeant was like three months old, mm. and um, one of my best friends came in town again. Support community. Yeah. She came in. She was like, "Girl, let's smoke this joint." And I was like, oh, "I have not smoked weed and like." Oh, well, I, I was weird for that too. Oh my god! So felt like sixteen again. Went in the bathroom. Hopped <laughs> <into> the bathroom. <laughs> In a <laughs> studio in Fort Greene oh my god. With the towel Stuck house. Yes, the door yes. like, Okay, let's do it Let's do it Yes Zooted out of my uh, mind Come out of the bathroom Sergeant is sleeping on the bed And yeah. I was just like What the fuck did I do? <laughs> Who let me have a child? All I did was have sex
0: right
1: now? I have a baby, and but the 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 heavier, <laughs> the weightier part of it was. I was like, I have never done anything forever. Yeah, I will be a mother until I die. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and I was terrified of that. I was like, I don't know how to commit. Yeah, yeah. I like to go with the flow. I know. I'm here. There. I I'm know.
0: <laughs> I know, girl. But
1: this person is is going to rely on me forever. Forever. I'm gonna be. God willing, 85. I know. I have some old ass man calling me, asking me my opinion on something. Yep. That is such a, a mind fuck.
0: It is. And I remember being like, so I stopped breastfeeding. I, like, I think it was like, I made it to like almost four months. Mm-hmm. I just was not producing, girl. Yeah. I was not. And I was, my, and my man was like, we did enough. Yeah, it's, okay. it's okay. You can stop. We did the colostrum, yes. you know, the yellow stuff. We I fed it to her like a baby bird <laughs> in the hospital. We gave her the goods. You know, he, I was like, no, I want to try. What and, a good partner. You know, I was like, I want to try. And he would be like, baby, we don't have to. You, you can stop. People stop. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you have nothing to prove. And then finally I was just like, you know, I remember being like, I can't do this anymore. I am literally like I'm barely making one ounce. You know what I mean? And uh, because, you know, it's like then you hear you see other moms boasting like, oh, here's exclusively breastfeeding. And, uh, you know, I'm overproducing. And this I was just like, fuck, must be nice. Right. Must be nice. Then I got to speak to my girlfriends who were uh, uh, two of them were overproducers. They were like, it's fucking horrible. I leak all the time. (laughs) My my breasts hurt all the time. It's horrible. I can't even take a one-hour break to go to the store to get my and then I and then I saw the other side. You always think the right. other side is sweeter and it's not, not you not. know? So I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know? So I, I remember stopping as soon as I stopped, I looked at him and I was like, I want to go smoke a joint. Yeah. And he was like, my brother's here He's gonna <laughs> stay here To make sure Kenzo Nothing happens to her yes. We're gonna go downstairs And smoke a joint Yes It was glorious Glorious it, And people were like oh, I have to stop Smoking weed at my parent Rookie move uh. It's survival uh. It's survival
1: You do what you need to do <laughs> Do what you gotta do Okay do what you gotta do. We all Ugh. have things. I was like, I don't I don't wanna eat too much. I had gotten really skinny too. Yeah. And I was like, you know, no, no, I'm gonna smoke. Until <laughs> until more recently, like this actually this past year, I stopped smoking weed because I was like I, <laughs> I had a panic attack. Yeah. And uh, I called my friend at two o'clock in the morning and I was like, Either you come over <laughs> or I'm gonna call nine one one. And then I'm having this panic attack on the bathroom floor. My cats are staring at me. (laughs) She comes over there. I'm angry with her. I'm like, you know me well. You're with me all the time. Why didn't you tell me I was crazy? And she was like, are you getting mad at it? I was like, I am furious. (laughs) Why didn't you tell me I was crazy? And I realized, I was like, you know, Elise, maybe... Pause on the weed. Maybe, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll try something else. It's okay.
0: New outlets, new Yeah, tools, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever out.
1: works. Whatever works. Ebbs and flows, no judgment.
0: I will tell you this, and this is why it's so important that you're doing this, right? And that's why I feel like it's really important to continue to talk about our experiences, because our experiences are very different from our, our, our queens that came before us, who Absolutely. gave us light, who gave us life, right? It's all very different. Uh, my girl in in uh I have a, a series called birth stories that I put out through by heart yeah you can Google it you can l- watch some of the uh, the interviews thank you my one of my best girlfriends Natalie from the group Nina Sky yes she was like and, and we talk about it on the show I have Nicole on here yes yeah yes. amazing with, with Aaron yeah yeah they're amazing yes that's my family like literally like I spent Thanksgiving with them before they've taken me in when I had nothing like, oh, I like love really that. and I toured yeah. the world with them too And a different story about my career but she um I I was terrified and I told her when I was pregnant. I was like, I'm terrified. Oh no, when I was trying to get pregnant. And she was like, it's still gonna be you. It's just gonna be you at a plus one. Right. Or a plus two. Whatever. Whatever you decide to do. And she really helped me like understand and visualize my life as a mother. Because I just was like, I work so damn hard for all this, I don't wanna let it go. Mm. To be and, in my mind and and and, and please, there I am not trying to shame anyone, but I'd be like, to be a stay at home mom. Now I see that being a stay at home home mom is one of the hardest jobs. Uh, the, me the hardest. Give me I give the it house. to anybody who is a stay at home. God bless you. Yeah. But I just was like, no, I know that's not what I wanna do, you know? And um, But she was like, you can still be you. She was like, look, I just performed at Toronto Pride. And everybody was telling her not to do it because she was like eight months pregnant. She was Ugh. like, I feel good. Why yeah. can't I do it? You know? And it's like, stop treating us like, like we can't do it. Yeah. like We can't do it. We'll tell you if we can or cannot do it. But we're very able. Right. It's like pregnancy is leprosy. You know it's what like I mean? People don't understand. They're like, mm, why is she here? Yeah. What is she doing? And it's like... Well, I do feel like don't be a dig and give up that subway seat for Duh. a woman that's pregnant because they're tired. Please. You know what I mean? But at the same time, don't underestimate them. They are here to work. They are able and they're creating life at the same time. Please. Yes. You know, and it's like I have seen because I'm like at a weird space where I came, you know, I'm old enough to be um, to see all the the things that would never fly. That would never fly now. I saw a lot of sexism, Mm -hmm. a lot of racism, a lot of ageism. I saw it all in my industry. Yeah. But when it came to pregnant women, they were always so discriminated against. As soon as they got pregnant, they're like, ah, she's pregnant. You know, I got to find someone else. Get her out of here. You know, at least we've come, we've come, we're we're better. We're in a better place. In a lot of
1: industries, a lot of strides have been made. Yeah. However. Yeah. I mean, it's women like you, you know, that show that. I can still do it. You can. Wow, I'm still funny. I'm still engaging. I'm still dynamic. Yeah, (laughs) I still have my intelligence and my wits.
0: Everything is there still. Yeah,
1: I just have a new experience. That's it. I'm curious about because you're at such a you know you reached such a level of success within your career. What does the next iteration of success in radio look like, or is it beyond that? You know, for me? Yeah, for you. What are you dreaming?
0: Well, um. It's funny because I've heard it all, like, of oh, radio, who listens to radio? Radio's going to be extinct, mm-hmm. honey. <laughs> They've been saying that for years. They've been saying that forever. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Our show is still top three. We are still in the game. That's right. We are still thriving. We speak to over, over two million people daily, mm-hmm. okay? Because what's special about radio is that, like I told you, I'm not famous. We're popular. Yeah. But it's like I speak to the everyday hardworking person. Yes. You know, everyday yes. hardworking people. Like I I, I I go I'm walking down the street, I'll have a delivery of FedEx do beep beep. Hey, Laura, you know what I mean? It's beautiful, <laughs> you know, it's so cool. So cool. Regular everyday people who who um who who are just connected with you to share these moments of laughter. I've cried, I've gotten angry, you know, I've walked out, you know, yeah. I came back. I've done it all on the show. Um and and I am in a beautiful place because I am able to do whatever the fuck I want on the show for the most part. You yeah. know what I mean? For the most yeah. part. <laughs> but yes, you know what I mean? We can do whatever we want. We've turned down big names and we've welcomed big names and, 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 and small names that became big names, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To our local heroes. Yeah. Uh we can do who we can interview whoever we want. We're not as as restricted and and um just over governed like other people. And we genuinely like each other. Ebro is I I don't I am not gonna I don't baptize Kenza, but if I would, he would be her godfather. Wow. You know what I mean? Like me and his daughter are very close. His daughter Issa is my heart. You know, I look at her like she's my niece and he has helped me tremendously. Rosenberg, the exact same thing. I know his family. You know, I, I I've been to, um, and you can tell with the chemistry on the show. Yeah, and it's yeah, really you important. You can't fake that. But babe, that it doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen a lot. And in my twenty years, twenty plus years in radio, for all of us, we don't have that connection with everybody. some like People are just cool with their coworkers. You know yeah. how it is. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and no, no shade, but we actually truly love each other. And there's been so many instances where they have stood up for me in many ways many ways mm. so we will continue to do it because we love it because waking up at 4 30 in the morning it ain't, ain't cute <laughs> I'm exhausted, but I love what I do. So we're going to continue as long as they have us. Yeah. Um, I, our show is syndicated, so it does very well. It's just syndicated. In like I think we have like 15 stations, I believe, across the country, That's which phenomenal. is cute. For a long time, we didn't want to be syndicated. Why is Because that? we were scared because we're a very local New York show. Right. So we were just scared that we would just be like, oh, we can't talk about local things, mm-hmm, things that matter mm-hmm, to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, so what we we figured out a way to do it. To make it work. Right. You know what I but mean? New York is also
1: like the world city. Yes. Yeah.
0: But if I'm going to talk about uh, a murder that happened in the Bronx or sure. like just certain things that, you know what I mean, that yeah. are very hyper local that I felt like maybe not, but we figured it out. So we're doing it. And, um... You know, besides being on the radio, which is our passion, uh, like I also am a uh, co-founder of Envision Fest, Yes, which is a beautiful, it's its my passion project with my partner Sharifa Murdoch, which you should definitely talk to because she has love a beautiful to. story. Uh, Sharifa has been my best, one of my best girlfriends since I was in college, literally was my big sister who was like, how's your credit? Need to work on that. Need that friend. What's happening with here? When are you going to buy something? She has literally been my spine Mm. (laughs) when it came to life. Yeah. You know, like nobody else. I had nobody to really hold my hand. You know, my parents were immigrants who I was literally like, uh, (laughs) I'm like translating papers for them. You know what I mean? So we're trying to figure this out. So um, Sharifa and I would always give back. Uh, I'm very big on community because I grew up on free lunch. I grew up on after school programs. Mm -hmm. That's how my parents were able to keep it together, you know? And, um, so if I would get concert tickets, or she had access. She's in the trade show world, so she would get uh, her friend at I don't know a certain brand to send us a bunch of jackets or hair care products. Call our girl Ursula, who's a celebrity hairstylist. Yes. Hey, so we would do like these mini, <laughs> these mini shopping sprees for a group of girls who needed it, mm-hmm. and we would let them have just free like go have your new backpack, your new coat, and Ursula will teach you how to take care of your hair, and and it was just like we would make like uh, vision boards and. I've just just always been very passionate about giving back in however way possible. I work a lot with the Lower East Side Girls Club. I go and I teach workshops. Uh, yeah, I've been there before. Yeah, so I yes, teach radio, radio a workshops. Kind of panel there. Yes, awesome. yeah. so I teach workshops and I bring um, female DJs to come in and just to teach these girls that you too can be a DJ, you can be a producer, you can be on the radio. Right, you can do whatever you want. There's so many yes, careers. so many. and um, But through that... Uh, Sharifa came up with Envision Fest and we were just tired also of being like the token women on panels and everything was so just surrounded by dudes. And yep. it was like, which is cool. But what what about the girls? Right. So we wanted something to focus on young girls, you know what I mean? So uh, to teach them how to protect themselves on the internet, to teach them about their bodies, you know what I mean? To teach them about all these amazing career opportunities and all these badass women that exist, that are living those dreams, that they could be yours, too. Yes. So we... um, The big sisters everyone needs. So we we, we tried to figure this out and we came up with a concept. We created like a festival. So... Think of like a complex comp, but all fe- yep. female focused. You yes. know what I mean? So I personally reached out to all, like I like I curated a panel in media, and I called my girl Nadesca from Complex, and then I called uh my friend Honey German, who's a Dominican woman on Power 1051, you know, and then I Carly Hustle, who is like a, an incredible ex- music executive at Apple. I just called all the women that I love and I put them on panels. And um, I wanted young girls to see them, to hear them and to look at them to see like this could be you. And a lot of these girls don't even know what a person in PR does. You know, they don't know what a producer does. You know, they don't know what a concert producer does. So I really want to introduce them to these new career opportunities. And um, so we I sponsored over 300 girls From inner city youth programs I reached out to a bunch of Girlfriends who are teachers To bring their girls I had girls that had just Came from Haiti And from Dominican Republic Who had never been to an event I curated What a first event Girl I curated a concert And my first one I had like I had Sweetie, I had Doja Cat I had Queen Naija I had Tinashe and, yeah. and they they I, I I did a concert with all female DJs and it was uh, for a lot of those girls it was their first concert I had, ever like
1: your first concert and it's yes. all the heavy hitters of yeah
0: well at the time Doshy Cat wasn't as big yet mm. she just had like a, a that Mu, uh, Tia and Tamara song right. and the Moo so Cat awesome. one yes but yes, you know yes, what yes. I mean like they were just she coming had up the internet
1: buzz yeah
0: yeah and Sweetie had her icy hit mm. so she, they had some hits you know what I mean Tanashi was the biggest star to be honest with you on that roster but. You know, and I just, we we had a a full day of of wellness. We had uh, fashion because we had girls. We had brands like French Connection, Clinique, uh, Levi's. But next to them, we also had girls who were just like independent, like, you know, a girl who made purses, a girl who did candles. And I wanted them to be next to these big brands to see like, you belong here. You are here. You belong here. And I wanted them to make money, right? you know, and it was when I tell you I had shed so many tears because for a lot of girls, it was their first time. And we become jaded when you're in the industry, like, you know, we're just like, whatever stuff all the time. You have access to so much. And it truly, truly changed. It changed my heart. Mm -hmm. It changed my heart. And we were successful. And plus, I had a badass team of girls who helped put it together. Right. So we also put money in people's pockets. We hired them, and it, it, it was really important for me to pay also people because I know, like, I asked for a lot of favors, but at, at that time I was like, I want to pay you. Yeah. And um, and we did it for two years, and then this last one was very hard. We raised like fifteen percent of the money we raised before. Okay, what do you think made it challenging this go? So a lot of the people who have supported us in the past, you know, got let go. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of people got let go. Girl, their positions got reduced. The diversity and inclusion budgets were wiped uh-huh. out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Um, so it was a lot of that. And some people just said no. And which to me, I sometimes I, w- I would just like, God, I just want to rip them apart on my show, you okay. know? But no, <laughs> right. I had to really like, no, Keep because everybody tries to be like, I'm for the women. I'm for black women. I'm for Latinas. Until, until it's time to show up. Right. You know? And um I just want to give a shout out to Coltrane from Team Epiphany. Yes. Because he um personally like went out of his way to try to help us. And a lot of people helped us, you know, like my family, like Juice and Leo from Colorway, but those are my husband's brothers. So mm-hmm. it's like family. But still, you know, yeah. they don't have to. But a lot of people who are friends of ours who have continuously supported us. But it's 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 literally like we're, we're, we work on it the entire year and we're working on doing more like 360 programming. Yeah. So we want to um, do more smaller events, online events. Clinic did a really cool uh, a program with us where they took in 35 girls from HBCUs. Yeah. It was just it's, it's super fly, man. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, to see our girls smile and thrive and feel important. It To me, it's just it it is everything because... Girl, I've had jobs given to me by my former interns. Tuh, yeah. That happens. Yes. That happens Yeah. Yes. And it's very important Because you never know Where these little seeds Are gonna <laughs> Sprout to You know what I mean Absolutely. I have them giving me Checks and opportunities So you have to You have to You have to do it Yeah And what the fuck Am I doing this for If it's not like Passing the baton And let's continue Literally. You know So It is our passion project And uh, you could follow us On uh, On Instagram At Envisionfest E-N-V-S-N Yes And um, vowels. Yeah And and it's It's, it's beautiful And we continue to accept anybody. If, if any of your listeners like, hey, I want to help and support in any way, please do. No, we're, absolutely. If you're at, if you're part of a big brand and you can help us out, come. Or a small brand, whichever way you can, come show up because we need the help yeah and just know that we our our passion is to help our girls to guide our girls because a lot of the times when i go and volunteer and they all everybody wants to be a youtube star everybody wants to be famous Mm -hmm. and nobody really knows what it takes but literally there's so many cool opportunities you know what i mean that you can do right that'll take you there and there's so much talent out there. You just gotta give these girls a shot. So it's about just introducing them to new opportunities. So I love that. I, love um, that. I really want to push my my birth story series. That's my yes. dream. So I'm gonna be working on that too. Um, I also work with some really cool nonprofits outside of there. It's something to put on everyone's radar. Um, there's an incredible organization that I work with called I support the girls okay and Dana Marlowe who leads that organization it's um, they collect uh, gently used bras mm-hmm. and underwear and and pads and tampons uh, feminine necessity- hygiene yeah, necessity- products for uh, women in homeless shelters and in jails mm. because it's it's they don't get bras <laughs> Literally, there's imagine? women in homeless shelters that use seat bel- like belts Jesus to because they cannot. It's a luxury. It's a luxury that they it's not something that's automatically given to them. And it breaks my heart because that is a necessity. It's a necessity. You know? So incredible organization. She does an amazing job. So I work with them and I also work with um, Young New Yorkers, which is another (laughs) incredible organization. What they do in a nutshell, they take uh, kids that have been um, arrested and... um, For whatever their crime is. It's mostly like petty shit, like theft or whatever. Right, right. And through their program, they work with the judge to instead of throwing them in Rikers, they do uh, a quote-unquote, I hate using the word rehabilitation, but it's like through an art program. Mm -hmm. And after a certain amount of weeks, they present their project to the judge. And if the judge feels like, hey, there's been some progress and this person is, you know, learned and ready to grow, they get their record clean. Wow. So and I think it's a, damn it's a, the power of art. Yeah, I, love I, that. I think it's it's a really important organization, and and I, and I love the work that they do. So I continue to support them. So and then recently I was uh, I started working with this uh, the Brooklyn Youth Sports Club. They're really cool. They they do amazing like after school tutoring and basketball. Okay, and are you out there shooting basketball? No, girl. <laughs> I just help raise money I just We just did a toy drive yeah. You know what I mean Just to support the kids In the neighborhood So yeah. I really I really love I, I really love Working with community That's really my yeah. passion I love I, I, I mean we can tell Yeah Yeah So I just I, You know I, I would love to stay on radio As much as possible You know As long as they'll have me You know Wherever yeah. it takes me um, But community is my passion And Vision Fest is my passion And I think like in whenever my 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 chapter is done in radio i will probably move into some kind of uh uh, some space where i can help the next generation yes
1: yeah
0: laura stop yeah
1: (laughs) you're amazing (laughs) thank you um, this has been such an incredible conversation i think it's going to resonate with so many people from career trajectory Understanding more the ins and outs of radio yeah. than your personal story. So like thank you so much for being so transparent. Oh so of course. Raw. Showing up like a true Scorpio queen. <laughs> 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 I appreciate it's you. what we do, honey. It's what we do. It's what we do. <laughs> Coming up next in Ask a Cool Mom. We have a question from our Cool Moms community.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: And I want you to say same energy, same raw honesty. We've got Sarah 37 in Los Angeles and she writes in. Okay. I'm going into business with a friend that I respect dearly. Okay. We're bringing our, both of our business brands together. Any advice on partnering? Ooh. Work and friendship.
0: So, okay. So I, I've done this before (laughs) and I've, and I've, I've done this before and I've uh I've seen both sides, positive and negative, mm-hmm. right? So I obviously have been vision fest with Sharif as one of my best friends. Yeah. It's very important that you truly communicate thoroughly with this person. What's the plan? What's the plan of action? What ifs? It's kinda like when you talk to your partner about things like vaccinations mm-hmm. and political bleed right. you got to know what you're getting yourself into, yes, you know, all on the table. And, um, it's very risky because there's times where you, ha- I've lost a friendship over it. You know what I mean? Because there's certain things that I just wasn't going to go with it. Just know that it will test your friendship, mm. but if you're honest about it and if you're gentle and if you are crystal clear of what the end goal is and how finances are going to be managed and what to do when things don't work out, You'll be okay. I've been in business with Sharifa for four years now. Yeah, she's been the best business partner I've ever had. You know what I mean? I've, I've had businesses with other friends that didn't work out, but our friendship was remained solid. Because mm-hmm. why we said I always said, hey, even if we don't agree on certain things, before we got into business, I was like, just know you're my friend first. If yes. something bothers you, you need to talk to me about it, and we will find a resolution. Your friendship means more to me than business. So it's very important that we're on the same page. And when things just weren't working out for both of us, we're like, okay, we're going to let this go. But me and you are still solid, correct? Yeah. And we were, and we still are. And we're still great friends. So I just really believe in being extremely honest about your expectations, your goals, yes. the realities. Talk about what, what, what's going to happen when we go broke or right. when things, you know Worst what I mean? Worst case scenario. Try to think of everything and make sure that you're okay with every single answer. Obviously, you can't predict the future, but you have to know, like kind of like when you lend people money, like I, let, if I lend somebody money, I know I don't expect it back. Right. So right. if I don't get it back, I'm not going to have that grudge. And yes. if I cannot give you that money, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So you have to be OK with whatever the outcome is. So, yeah. you know, it, it can work. It's working for me. But I just know that not everything always works, works out at the end. So you just have to be prepared for it. You know And go into it With a very open heart And an open mind Yes Laura
1: (laughs) (laughs) You hear that Sarah (laughs) Take those notes I think a lot of people Will be able to uh, Use that advice Yeah Laura Good luck Sarah Good luck Sarah I appreciate you Mm.
0: Me too. I'm so happy I, to have you. I had on. a great time.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. I didn't even look at my notes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love when I'm prepared. I don't need it. Yes. Um, Thank really you for having appreciate me. You. Until next time.
0: Yes. Bye. It's not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs>